Welcome to the Lipedema podcast hosted by Shell and Tiana. Our aim is to make noise around lipedema and educate as many people as we can about this disease. Our guest list contains professionals who work in the field and women who live with lipedema. Thank you for joining us. Welcome back to the Lipedema podcast. We are your host, Shell. And Tiana. And today we have no guests. It's just us. Hello, Shell. How are you? Hello, Tiana. I know, just us. We don't often get to just chat just the two of us, so this is lovely. I agree. Um, I was thinking that we should do more of this next season, but looking at our schedule, that might be a little bit hard, and we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later on in today's episode. <laughs> yes, we have um, have scheduled right out, but, um, but no, yes, we will talk about that later. So let's get started. How are you going, like? What's happening in Tiana world? How are you healing? Oh, um, I'm healing really well. Uh, right now, um, the whole post-op thing is starting to feel like a bit of a distant memory. It's I'm getting more and more back into my normal life and my normal way of being that um, I don't feel like I'm post-op anymore as much. Um, the last sort of piece of the puzzle is having a little bit more longer periods of um, being compression free. And as of uh, this week, I can officially start to do that. Um, but, um, you know, that's really exciting. It's a really exciting place to be in my recovery, but also having some experience when I went recently to um, Stradbroke Island for a little mini break um, and I had a little bit of time out of my garments to sort of walk from out where we were staying to the jetty and then go in the water and then walk back home. The garments are still a very necessary part of my daily life. Um, and I'm not ready to be out of them for any large stretch of time. So I think this process of being more garment-free is going to take much longer than I originally anticipated. Yeah, I get, and that's something that I hadn't realised. Like when they're going in and sucking out all the diseased tissue in that plane, they're separating your skin from your muscle. And so with compression, like the aim of compression is to get all of that meshed back together to support itself. Is that right? Yeah, that's one of the functions to keep fluid away is another. And I suppose it, that does both. So if the fluid goes back into that sort of empty void, then it won't be able to mesh together. Um, but it, it does. It keeps it sort of compressed so that it can eventually sort of bind itself to each other um, and heal. So there will be a lot of sort of scar tissue because there's a lot of trauma associated with getting tissue removed from your body. Um and so with the, uh, the combination of compression garments and manual lymphatic drainage massage, um, that's sort of massaging that scar tissue to soften it up a bit and become more like normal connected tissue. Um, but when you say um, that it separates your muscle from your skin, uh, my first experience with feeling 
exactly that was when I went into the water um, a couple of weeks ago and I tried to sort of paddle around. My skin felt like it was sort of not attached to my body and sort of like wading behind me and and it was quite unpleasant and quite painful. Um, and But the, the swimming has gotten easier over time, but my first experience in the water, I was, not only was it freezing cold on that particular day, but that feeling of your skin not being part of you was just not very pleasant at all. So um, it's so interesting what your body goes through when you're going through lipedema extraction surgery. That would be a crazy sensation. Like you've got the pressure of the water, but then your skin hasn't got its structure back and it's not supported by compression. So, yeah, that would just be like an otherworldly feeling, like that real. Yeah, yeah. it was. And there's no, there's no like, um, it's not like doing laps in the water. It's sort of just like gently wading or sort of walking in the water. They say that like um, a good type of compression in the water is when you're chest deep. So if you get into, you know, a body of water, try and make sure you're as deep as possible, chest deep if you can. And then when your legs are that far down, that's providing a good amount of compression. But still, if you're moving within that water, um, you can definitely feel it. So uh, when we go back to the beach for Christmas, which is we're spending Christmas at the beach, I'm going to be practising more in the water and just walking around and being gentle and feeling that beautiful salt, salt and sand and all of those things that I just enjoy so much back into my life. But it will have to be incrementally, I'm sure. Yep, yep. Don't take on too much all at once. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Um, and how's your like sleeping going? Oh, God, the sleep. Oh, my gosh. Um it's getting better. It's marginally better every week, I would say. So for a bit of context for our audience, um, because I've had two surgeries over the past three or four months now, um, I have been on some of the stronger pain medication for, um, you know, a few months uh, while my body has been recovering and while I've genuinely had pain to um you know, take that medication. Um, and I've only really needed that medication in the, in the, at night time because I find that my tolerance for pain is quite high in the morning. At the beginning of the day, I'm quite fresh and I'm ready to tackle whatever. And then by sort of 5 p.m., I really struggle with the concept of pain and the feeling of pain, any sort of pain, whether that's aching or the tingling or the nerve firing, any of that pain. Um, my tolerance for it is very low by the evening and I couldn't sleep. So I would be taking the medication um, that would also make you drowsy because strong pain medication also comes with drowsiness. And so then I would be getting a solid sleep because of the pain medication. And now I've come to the point where I don't need, fantastically, I don't need to rely on pain medication because my pain uh, is at a very manageable level. Um, but my body just won't go to sleep. And gosh, it's been a real struggle for me to try and find 
a way to sleep and I have such brilliant sleep hygiene and um, ever since you know I've struggled with sleep from having uh, my twins and putting them in sleep training and and um, losing sleep for so many months uh, because of that whole process of being a new twin mum I have um, I've held on to sleep so tightly um, and found it to be so important so my sleep hygiene is uh, you know magnesium tablets magnesium body spray um, essential oil sprays on my pillow it's um, red light at night time it's uh, an eye mask so that all the light's blocked out sometimes it's earplugs so that the sound is blocked you know all of these steps that I go through in the evening to try and facilitate my sleep and I was such an amazing sleeper before I went through this these surgeries and now my sleep is terrible and I'm really struggling with trying to get that back um so I went to the chemist uh about a week ago and I I told them that I I can't sleep and um I asked uh I asked if there was anything like um herbal you know, um, homeopathic or anything that they could give me. And uh, they suggested um, something because I'm already taking lots of magnesium. So it was finding a sleep supplement that didn't have magnesium in it because I've I've already got magnesium. Um, And they found me one and I've been taking those every night and slowly, 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 uh, my my sleep is getting better. Oh, that is such good news because, like, I am not a nice person if I don't sleep well. I, yeah, sleep is my thing. Like I'm in bed at 8.30 at night. I'm up at 5, but between 8.30 and 5, I'm out. And if I'm not, (laughs) I'm sorry for anyone around me if I have a broken night's sleep. (laughs) Yeah, well, it's so true. It is so important. It is so fundamental to our human function. Um. I can't stress enough how important sleep is. So you and me both shall wear early to bed and early rises and that's the way I like it and I will do whatever it is in my power to maintain that sort of structure. Um, (laughs) And hopefully I can get off the extra herbal, you know, medicinal stuff and just Mm -hmm. go back to my my sleep routine. Um, Yeah. Uh, Soon. Yeah. Not yet. So how how far post-op are you now from your last one? Uh, I'm now eight weeks post-op as of tomorrow from my, okay. my last one. Yeah, so um, I'm at that point where I have, um, like, done, uh, as of tomorrow, I've done all of the post-op procedural stuff and now I'm just sort of on my own um, and feeling my way through the rest of recovery. Oh, it's so cool. That is so cool. Yeah, and um, speaking of surgery, you have some updates for us too, Shell. Oh, yeah, so, oh, that feels like ages ago. I had um, an appointment with Dr. Samaya in Sydney um, and it was a great consult. Like, he's such an amazing guy. Like, for those who um, don't know, when I was first diagnosed, I was told I wasn't a candidate for surgery. So I thought that meant no for, like, across the board, you cannot get surgery. Um, And then the more stories I've listened to and the more people we've interviewed, I'm like, oh, no, that's just that surgeon's 
way of doing things. So I realized that um, I wanted a second opinion. I wanted to see what another surgeon would say. Um, and yeah, he he said to me that I knew more about lipedema than he did, <laughs> which is quite funny. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, we sort of we're living it, aren't we? We're the ones living it. So um, so he was lovely. So um, I have gone on a wait list, but it's eighteen months to two years. Um, I won't find mm-hmm. out until six months before. But the interesting thing is, he said to me that he wanted me to do all of these things and all the things that I was basically already starting to do, all the conservative management. And he would love it that when he calls me up to go in for my next appointment six months before my surgery, he would love it if I didn't need surgery at all. So that was something like, what? That's a possibility? Like, yeah, that was that was a bit um, mind-blowing, actually, that, um, that he said that. But, yeah, so that's that's um yeah a long way down the track like 12 to 18 months before I'll even get that call back so um so yeah I'll just keep doing all the good things and I'm wearing compression all the time now and yeah so and I've had huge huge um loss off my my legs like the circumference has changed so much already and you can actually so I've been wearing compression daily I've started going and getting MLD as well uh, and like you can actually see now where the diseased fat is. It's it's crazy. Like I just got back tonight and you can see the lipedema. Like and I showed my kids, I lifted my dress up and I've got look at and one of them's like, Oh, you've got ankles. I'm like, I don't and it's just like there is so much stagnant fluid that is just trapped in my legs. So I don't know, like when I got my initial um, diagnosis, they said my legs were very hard and fibrotic. But I don't know if it actually was fibrosis or if it's just this stagnant, terrible lymph just stuck in my limbs because I'd never moved it before. So I don't know. I don't know. But like I've got contours in my legs, which is crazy which is absolutely insane. But out the sides of my, like where my saddlebags are, you can see it's like um, almost like cauliflower. Like it looks like bunches of cauliflower off the sides of my legs. But yeah, oh, I'm just, yeah, blown away. Blown away how much conservative management can change, like can impact. Because, you know, when we first find out about this, it's like surgery is the only way. And, and I wasn't out to prove that that was wrong at all. That was never my thing. But, you know, I just wanted to try do all the things they tell you to do. And I've slowly, like, it's been a year since we were diagnosed, Tiana. Like, you know, it's been a year. And so I've just slowly added new things in. And I'm not perfect at anything. But I'm trying to be as consistent as possible. And it's paying off, mate. It's, like, it's crazy. Just crazy. That must be so encouraging as well because it is a lot of effort and it is a lot of money to do these conservative management strategies consistently, as you said, not perfectly, but consistently. So when you are seeing some reward from it, that must be so encouraging. Yeah, it's amazing. Like it's so, so good. Um, Yeah, yeah, especially like I said, you know, we're always told surgery is the only way, but, you know, a lot of people can't afford surgery it's not even in their 
their ball the ballpark of of what could happen for them and to know that hey like daily dry brushing wearing compression getting mld drinking lots of water going for walks like that's really all i've done because i will be honest i do suck at the whole eating the right way thing i've tried i've tried and then i just get all contorted because oh i shouldn't have that and i should have that and so i'm just trying to relax that side of things and yeah <laughs> yeah I'm with you there Shell you're not alone um I take a very relaxed approach to my diet um a very forgiving approach because when I sort of um try and restrict myself in any capacity it does not last very long at all it, and I know like I've tried all of them and I like it for three days and then I don't like it at all and I'll never do it again. And um, the one thing that I would love, I've always loved for my life that I've never gotten to, and I think it's because of our hormonal fluctuations in our cycle, is being sugar-free. Mm. And actually my husband this year decided to go sugar-free and he does so well being sugar-free and I look at him with envy and I'm like, why can't and why haven't I been able to do this my entire life? And I've tried so many times. Um, but but with, you know, the aspirations also come the grace. So I aspire to do those things and one day I may be ready to do that, um, you know, and commit to that. But right now I'm just um, I'm just treating myself with a bit of grace and um, and what, what what I eat in the moment um, as we, we had um, Jenny the food freedom fairy on this season um, and she you know we spoke a lot about food freedom and and um, having this peace with what you eat and I think there's something really true to that because you then don't binge on the things you just eat things and you might just eat a few of the things and not the whole pa 10 packets of the things and I think that there's something really valuable in that absolutely no guilt like because guilt is like a change it like cortisol from guilt adds to our inflammation like so yeah grace I love that word like yeah giving yourself grace treating yourself yeah that's definitely definitely an aim for sure for sure because yeah as soon as I say I can only have this then yeah it's gone it's over and like you it's said three gone. days yeah, yeah and then but what, one thing I am focusing on is eating real food. Like, so I have just read a book about processed food and that, like, it's just molecules and chemicals. It's not really food-based. Um, and so, yeah, that's something I do try and eat. And if you look at any diet out there, whatever you want to try, really whole foods is, is what they're going to spruik to you. So, yeah, that's sort of what I'm aiming to do. Make sure I have enough protein and eat whole foods not processed foods so pretty simple pretty achievable yeah so. for sure and if we all did that we'd be in so much better health yeah it's just those simple things the protein and the real food like that's where it's at yeah um another thing that you've been doing that I really want you to touch on is your movement and activity which has changed recently um because you you actually have a specified trainer can you talk a little bit about that 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I love hitting the gym and lifting heavy stuff. Like that is my thing. But I just hurt myself quite regularly and then I have to take big chunks of time off. And like I was scared of deadlifts because every time I did a deadlift, I knew I was going to hurt my back. So um, a trainer approached me um, and he specializes in connective tissue and hypermobility. So he has um, written a program for me where I can train my connective tissue not to hyperextend. So I'm slowly loading up that that connective tissue and maybe we could get him on. I don't know, but I'm trying to learn from him. But so what happens is when you're hypermobile, once your limb gets to a certain degree, it puts your nervous system into shock and that's what the pain is. It's like, ah, no, I can't go that far. But your connect, our connective tissue is so loose that it would just keep going. So the pain is actually a nervous response from our body because it can't control it anymore. It can't control that movement. So it's really wild and it's really it's really quite hard for me to sit down and just stretch and like you know I'll I'll put my leg against something and just push push hold that for 30 seconds and then let it go and then push like so just those little rotations like it's super tiny specific movements and yeah it's it's pretty amazing but but I do miss the gym like I am looking to go back to the gym but for now like, I've got to build this foundation so I don't keep hurting myself it's almost every year at the same time it's like this overload and I hurt my back almost the same time every year so and I was um, speaking about it because I don't know if you get it Tiana but every now and then I just get this wave of weakness like across my pelvis and into my hips like my legs are going to give way and I hadn't connected that with lipedema before but as this trainer said that's a connective tissue thing and lipedema is a connective tissue disease. So it's that weakness holding our legs, our hips, our backs, everything that we just get this this pulse every now and then. It's like, oh, it's just all given way. So I had actually quite a few people today say, oh, my God, that happens to me because I shared it on a story this morning. And, yeah, it's crazy how how many different ways this disease is affecting our bodies and their ability to do just the basic, basic movements. Yeah, when you were talking about that um, experience of that wave of um, weakness, I, I did a, quite a, you know, big workout this morning and it was lower body focused and I was doing deadlifts and I was doing, um, you know, racked squats and, and things and I actually recognize the words that you were saying when I was listening to you, you speak and thought maybe that's what I had this morning but it was more with my upper back you know I'm sort of like mid to upper back uh, is where I feel my weakness especially when I'm racking up for a squat and stuff that like I just feel like my back's going to give out and collapse and I have damaged my upper back quite some time and I thought oh I never thought that was a connective tissue thing, but that makes so much sense. It's crazy, right? It's just so crazy. Like our connective tissue is holding us together. As I say, I feel like I'm a jellyfish sometimes when that wave of weakness comes out. Like, oh, <laughs> oh, blobby. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Like it feels like 
every podcast episode we do, every time we talk about lipedema, we're just putting more pieces of our puzzle of our bodies and our experience together, which is so liberating and informative. Um, it just seems a bit endless now. Like it just keeps happening. We're sort of putting more puzzle pieces together. It's like when is is this? When will this stop? It, will it ever stop? Like we'll come to the point where we're like, we know everything about our bodies and about lipedema. I'm not sure. Yeah, catch up researchers. We know what's going on. Like, come on. <laughs> well, that's like we got a heat. Like we did that arms reel, and we got a huge response from that. People going, oh. I didn't realise that that was my arm, like that was lipedema as well. I just thought I was just weak because I haven't looked after my upper body. And I'm like, no, no. no. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, I love that. I love the response we're getting from some of those more educational posts for sure. Yeah, yeah. we'll have to do more of those. Agreed. So this has been epic, like, from a simple idea, like let's just chat and talk about lipedema, which is lipedema, everybody. If you haven't caught up, it's lip edema, not lipedema. Yeah. And I think you'll hear us, we were doing it interchangeably and then we taught ourselves to say lipedema. But after the World Congress where everyone came together, it was decided that lipedema is the actual pronunciation. Not that you'll get in trouble if you say the wrong thing, but... <laughs> We're going to try yeah. and remember that it's lip edema. Yeah, like so lipid. next season when we have our intro and our outro, you'll actually hear lip edema instead of life edema because I'm pretty sure in this episode you're going to hear life edema, so sorry about that. We're just yeah, picking and we had to take toes. a few takes for that too because we kept saying lip edema instead of life edema and, oh, my goodness. <laughs> <sighs> we are learning. But we've but- had such a great season i mean 19 well this will be our 19th episode um which is just nuts from an idea to actually pull i know say pulling it off shell because i really feel like you just you were like let's do a podcast and i go okay and then all of a sudden you had us all scheduled and i thought oh my god this woman is amazing <laughs> i'll give her you know an idea to um to yeah, do any time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like a dog with a bone. When I come up with an idea, it's like, okay, let's do it. How are we going to make this Love work? That. Yeah, it is good. Love and that. if you think about it, we've actually had 21 episodes because we threw in two bonuses as well. We sure did. That make that's crazy. Yes, we did. I love that. Yeah. yeah, because we sort of we sort of scheduled people every week, and then we thought we thought, oh, we don't really have time for us to chat. And you know what? We haven't learnt because we've done exactly the same for season two. <laughs> I know, I know. We forgot us in season two as well. And if you, for those listening, we've booked out season two. Like we start recording in January, and we've already booked. We're booked out till May, so <laughs> we are going to bring. So- we've still got the same mix of professionals and warriors because you know I find like this is healing for me as well like I've healed and grown with every conversation I am just like evolving and yeah I it's an honor to be able to share these stories and share this information like it really is an honor yeah, I agree. There's something so special about um, hearing from our um, lipedema warriors um, and like hearing how 
their practical implementation of um, how they go about their lives with lipedema. And it really is like we're not, we're, we are not our condition. We are real people, multifaceted people, amazing people. And this is just a facet of our, you know, physicality that we are dealing with. And it's so, you know, one day we will sort of branch out and talk to people about their lives rather than about their lipidemic experience. But for now, we really want to hone in on everybody's lipidemic experience and how they are managing and treating and um, dealing with it. Because I feel like, as you said, Chell, it's very therapeutic for us. I can imagine that it would be also for our listeners. Yeah, and everyone would resonate differently with every guest. Like there'd be some guests is like, oh, yeah, she's more like my story or, or you know, and, and I think that's why it's important to have such a variety of guests because everyone will resonate differently with the guests. Yeah. That's so true. Um, so if you are a warrior that's been listening to our podcast and you would like to come on and tell your story, please get in touch with us on the Lipedema podcast Instagram page. Um, I also wanted to say with regards to all of our experts that we have on, I also think apart from hearing Lipedema lady stories, it's really important to get the people that are servicing the Lipedema community um, on to talk about their offerings. And it's not a sales pitch, but you guys need to know where to go and whom to go to and where they reside and where you can contact them to get in touch with their services because they're the people that are actually helping us day to day. So um, that's also a really important part of our podcast, which I'm really proud of. Yeah, absolutely. Because a lot of services you wouldn't have even known were out there. You know what I mean? Because like when you get diagnosed, you might get a pamphlet, but that doesn't really help you until you start, you know, hopping on the groups or listening to our podcast. And like, and it's the same, like not only resonating with some people, like other warriors there might be a professional like oh I like her approach maybe I'll contact her or oh he seems really good I'll contact him so I think that's why you know because we did have what um three people who spoke about nutrition maybe four people who spoke about nutrition but they all had a slightly different approach and the beauty of it was they all said how individual we are and I think that is something that we'll keep coming back to like even though we have this common thread of lipedema, we are so multifaceted, like you said, Tiana, we are so multifaceted and so diverse that, yeah, we need to give you as much, as many different avenues as possible. Yeah, here, here. So we are like, we've got three minutes left before we're going to get cut off. Um, but um, and I, I've just now that the clock is ticking, I cannot think about what I'm going to say. So I'm going to throw to you, Shell. Um, what um, are you excited about for next season? Oh, I, um, I'm excited about just bringing more stories to the forefront, you know, and I think we are growing as interviewers too. And so I think as we're going along, we are getting better at what we're doing. We're coming up with more questions for people because we're learning more about this condition. And yeah, that's what I'm excited about for us to keep growing and keep just reaching more women. Like that is my thing. That is a thing I am excited about is trying to branch out from just 
people who already know about lipedema. And that is the tricky one because lipedema is a word you don't really just go Google. You know, so Tiana and I have tried to come up with hashtags and ways to get people here. Like we've got pear shape, we've got painful legs, we've got easy bruising, like all the things that someone might Google to try and um, figure out what's going on with them. And so we want to meet those women those women that are still suffering in silence and don't realize that there is a sisterhood just sitting here waiting to embrace them, waiting to open their arms for them. And that is a big thing I want to push for next year. So I don't know what that looks like yet. I don't know how to do that yet. Maybe get involved in some groups, some events that are not lipedema specific. I'm thinking maybe get a T-shirt made. I don't know. Merch. Just be, Gotta get, get some merch. merch. Get visible. Like we really need to get visible to find those women. Find those women. Yeah, and even awesome. if they're not the women, they might be sisters or aunties, cousins, friends of the women. You know what I mean? So we don't want them like from the start, we want that average age of forty eight to be twenty years earlier. Twenty eight. Would the average to be twenty eight. Oh, yes, that would be wonderful. Um, how all of our lives would have changed if we got diagnosed um, at that age. It'd be crazy, right? Like imagine like and and it's just like we'd still look after ourselves, but there's just that specific way that we need to care for ourselves, just that different level of self-care. I think learning about that in your mid-20s would just be so beneficial for when you're going through pregnancies or contraception and then menopause and perimenopause because you know as we've found that's when a lot of these changes and progression happens so if you had the information you were educated about it you were already had systems in place life would be golden that's right that's the goal that's the goal and i feel like we are already starting to achieve this like all we have to do is just keep going and keep putting ourselves out there and this podcast out there. I'm super proud of us. I'm super excited for next year. Um, if you would like to get involved in the podcast and I'm talking to our listeners now, please get in touch with us at the Lipedema Podcast on Instagram. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love you to be a guest. And if you have service offerings for the Lipedema community, please also get in touch with us because we need to connect you to the people that need you. Here, here, absolutely, absolutely. It would be good to have a directory of, um, of professionals and offerings for our community too. That would be really good. Let's add something else to our list. <laughs> well, why not? <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you for a wonderful year, Shell. It's been so great. Um, I feel so much growth uh, in myself and my confidence living with lipedema. Um, I feel so blessed to have come on this ride with you. Hey, I couldn't have done it with anyone else. Like this is just, yeah, been a little match made in heaven, I think, in podcaster heaven. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> So, yes, so we're going to take well, a well-deserved break, have some time with our families, and um, we're already scheduled and ready for January, so we are going to take the next couple of weeks off 
and enjoy. Yes, I'm off to Merry Melbourne. Christmas and Happy New Year. Yes, you're going to Stradbroke. I'm going to Melbourne. I've started looking at Darwin as a possible little adventure. So, yeah. Wow. We will be Good all on you. refreshed and adventured out um, by the time you hear us again in January. Yay. Thank you for listening, everyone. Yes, Have thank a you. Merry Christmas. Have a, and safe travels if you're travelling. And, yes, Happy New Year. Signing off. That is all from yeah. Shalom Tiana from the Life of Dima podcast. Over now. Lipidema even. <laughs> we'll get it right one day. <laughs> Thank you for coming on this ride with us. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for listening to the Life of Dima podcast. Lipedema and its symptoms vary from individual to individual. The opinions and advice voiced on this podcast are of a personal nature and used for educational purposes. Please take away from this podcast what resonates with you and please see your GP or preferred specialist for diagnosis and healthcare. We are Shelley and Tiana from the Lipedema podcast. Until our next episode, bye for now.